This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is podcast number 424 being recorded on November 9th, 2016. I'm Alan Malmontano. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And there's a Ken over there. And there's another special guest hiding in the back. And uh, yeah. All right. It's a raccoon, isn't it? Uh, it, it is, since we, since we moved you know, to the Church of Higher Processing. I like how if you 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 can't really tell by looking at the the video feed right now. I mean, yeah, it looks it looks like. However, it's the same if thing. you listen close enough, you can start to hear that the room is a lot bigger and yeah. doesn't have as much stuff in it. Yeah, it's not. It's like you can hear a bit of room noise. The it, honestly, the last office, the way that we had everything crammed in there, it was starting to remind me of the submarine. Yeah, like legitimately, yeah. it was like things were that cramped. I was like, wow, I think there might have been more space in a couple of rooms on the on the sub there. So I'm glad we're, you know, back in like big grand open areas for us to fill up with more crap that we need to test. Always. Yeah, that's pretty much how it's gonna work. Yeah. Um all right, so uh let's see. I'll just run down the list here. Maybe, uh, maybe not. Isn't it ironic that I have to use an orange background <laughs> to make myself look human? I think it's patriotic. It looks uh, better on you. It's patriotic now. It could be. Now, now it's by definition patriotic that you have to orange tint your things in order to be in order to be patriotic. You shouldn't do it in public, but you have to do it. <laughs> well, there's only one guy that's allowed to do it in public, I guess. <laughs> anyway, uh, so if you want to be informed of when we're going to record these things, which we actually do live, you know, you might be watching this on uh, YouTube somewhere. Uh, but we did record this live at one point in time, Wednesday nights, uh, what is it, 10 Eastern. Um, we send out emails. Did we send out the email? I sent out the email. Ah, Ken saved the day and sent out the email for people to know. Um, you can go to pcpro.com slash subscribe. Uh, you give us your name and email address. And that's all we use that thing for is just uh, notifications for when we're doing uh, live streams. So we won't spam you. That a replacement for Tinder, but... You no, it's no. too late. It didn't end well when we tried to do that, so we just keep it limited to uh, just the podcast stuff now. Uh, also, if you wish to support us and our ability to move to larger spaces and uh, try to ramp up other sets and other things that we're currently working on behind the scenes, uh, patreon.com slash pcper. If you go there, you can pledge... And unfortunately, this week, uh, I cannot carry on the tradition of what Ryan usually does, which is, you know, whenever people up- upgrade or uh, add new pledges or whatnot, he will read whatever name they happen to put in the uh, in the field, which makes for comic or comic relief during the podcast. But if you do pledge, he may well be scaring random passerbys by screaming out random names occasionally over the next hour. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he yeah. will definitely still see it. So he sure? will, Yeah, he will absolutely see whatever it is that you sent him. So feel your free joke to send, can still land. You could send something yeah. like, you know, shouldn't you be working 
or something like that. He is actually working. We just can't say where he is and what he's doing right now. But um, he is not vacationing. He is working. The tireless job of the Ryan Trout. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess uh, we might as well just jump right into it, huh? 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 Week in review, guys. We got some reviews this week, even though things have tapered off a little bit because we've been trying to find, I don't know, like it's every five minutes, either Ryan and I (laughs) try to look for a thing and we're just like, hey, where's that thing? And we just need that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a and, you know, I go to point instinctively to the place in the old office where it was. And even if we find the general like shelf that we knew that it was on at the uh, at the old place, it's like not there at the new place. Um, we're pretty sure something about this new place is cursed. And it's hiding our stuff. Well, um, well, might be, might well. be cursed. It's possible. Um, you know. Anyway, <sighs> let's just get into it. Uh, AMD released new generation of Radeon Pro workstation cards. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's been a while, and I think these originally were kind of hinted at and sort of announced this last summer. But now we have the official announcement and specifications. It's the WX4100, WX5100, and WX7100, all of which are Radeon Pro. These are based on the Polaris architecture. The first one looks to be, I believe, a Polaris 11-based product, but it is not cut down at all, unlike the the RX 460. It's got a full 1024 stream processors. It can do 2.4 teraflops. It's less than 50 watts TDP. Now, as you compare that to a regular RX 460, RX 460, (coughs) excuse me, is 2.2 teraflops and rated, uh, rated at um, dang, I'm dying over here. Uh, slightly less than 75 watts. Oh, that's the so, second one on the post then you're looking at, what's right? What's that? That's the second card on the post you're looking at right now, right? No, it's the first one. Oh, okay. Um, so essentially it looks like they're either binning these chips or it's a new revision of these chips because they're slightly more efficient than what we see on the desktop side. Uh, more than likely, it's just some good binning of cards to be able to get uh, these kind of numbers in, in, in terms of TDP. It's got four gigs of memory. It's got four uh, DisplayPort 1.4 ports. It can handle uh, 5K monitors. And also, the display color depth is is a good 10-bit support. These are positive for... Uh, you know, professional applications that they do like, you know, Maya and, and all these other 3D um, stuff that you sacrifice speed to improve rendering accuracy. And that's that's a big deal for these cards. The second card is the WX5100. And I believe it is still based off the Polaris 10, but it's a cut down one. Uh, it's got fewer stream processors than the RX 470. It's only got 1792 of them as compared to, gosh, how many? It's like uh, 20-something, or I can't remember. I, I had written it down somewhere. In the first one? Uh, second one. 
Yeah, but uh, compared to the number that was in the first one, is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. Oh. The, the, the RX 470, I can't remember. It's like 19-something anyway. Um, but yeah, it's it's got fewer stream processors, but it also is less than 75 watts. You need to plug an external cord into this one. It's got four uh, full-size display port, 1.4 outputs. It's, uh, you know, single slot. All of these are single slots, full height. But it's still a relatively small card. And again, we're looking at higher. No, it's 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 a lower teraflops, three point nine teraflops as compared to the RX four seventy. But again, you're looking at sub seventy five watts rather than one hundred thirty to one hundred fifty watt with the RX four seventy. Finally, the big boy is the RX the WX seventy one hundred. Uh, it's a full fat Polaris ten at uh, 2304 stream processors. It's got 5.7 teraflops at 130 watts or less. And that's compared to an RX 480, which has the identical amount of stream processors that does 5.8 teraflops at 150 watts. So they've downclocked it a little bit, obviously, but it is still more efficient then the other one, the other desktop card, and uh, it's it's again a, a single slot, four port output, and uh, runs relatively cool. So um, they also introduced the Radeon Pro Enterprise software. Uh, it's got a predictable release schedule, reliability, robust application support. They did a huge, a huge amount of testing, um, a lot of. Qualifications from OEMs, um, all these things, and and these are positive things from A and B, as you well know that uh, they they have not had the best reputation for software, but certainly in the past three years, I say that I would say that that they have improved fairly dramatically. So it's these are not inexpensive cards. The lowest price one is the WX forty one hundred is three hundred ninety nine bucks. Obviously, this is not a gaming card. You don't want to buy it for such things. It's it's the software support and extended hardware support that uh, they give to a lot of these professional applications. The WX5100 is $499. And finally, the big one, the 7100 is $799. Now, these prices are a little less expensive than the competing quadros that uh, perform in that same area. I think that you're looking at $300 to $700 less depending on which one you get. Uh, so this is a nice uh, a nice offering from AMD, and hopefully they will achieve a little bit more market share in this pretty lucrative area because the margins on these cards are significantly higher than what we see on the desktop featuring these same chips. Except we don't know yet if, if this is a new revision or just bend, but it's good for AMD to compete in this area. Weren't these the ones that were supposed to have, like, rated SSDs built into or something? Eventually, those will come out, but oh. not yet. Okay. I have a feeling I mean, that's... They've, they've still got ECC memory in there. Yeah. A couple other little things, but, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're paying for the more accurate rendering, albeit slower than, you know, gaming-type uh, rendering, but, uh, you know, works well. But eventually, I think that was a kind of a... A technology demo that AMD did this summer with the uh, the built-in SSD. Yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. 
Uh, next up, well, we don't have Sebastian on the podcast. However, he did review the uh, Corsair Carbide Air 740 High Airflow ATX Cube case, in case there wasn't enough letters, numbers, and words. This is a good-looking case. Yeah, it is pretty cool-looking case. Um, I get what they mean by the high airflow thing, because basically the whole thing is like a vent opening all the way around. Um, huh. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Did he do the Mori style, put a huge heat sink on something inside the case? I think oh. he normally does that. It looks like there's plenty of room. Uh, there's plenty of, um, you know, plenty of Z-height. Yeah, the uh, the carbide yeah. air are kind of the squatty cases that have the the, the motherboard section on the left hand side, and then the right hand side section where they have the power supply and the storage and all of that stuff. They got a nice looking backside. Yeah. I really I really like this whole. I know it's cheesy to like this, but like the whole just door on the sliding hinge thing like that, it just makes so much sense. Like, you don't want to lose thumb screws. You just open. Well, you just open the door. I don't know if I don't have to. You just open the door and then you just pull up, and the door just comes off, and it's just like, all right. Um, yep, plenty of fans made by Corsair. So just like looks like it just comes with those three fans, two in the front, one in the rear. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's a nice looking case. Where's the photo of this with the system in it? Because I, I, I'm having issues figuring out the scale of. That's what, what I'm trying to. Last page. There's this build. Uh, oh, all the way to the last or test. Setup, yeah, well, probably. the build process and test setup, but you get a good picture on the last page. Well, then I will just go to the last page. Voila! Oh, all right. So that that's that's pretty big, considering that's yeah. a full size ATX board. Yeah, that's a standard ATX board in there with a mm-hmm. full size GPU and. It actually looks pretty small in there. It's a nice, you know, they got the rubberized grommets all the way around so you can do your cable management and have everything neat. Well, and your drives and your PSU are behind the motherboard, so hey. Yeah. It's easy to look clean. Isn't this the same style case that used to be the, like with less design on it, just more flat and squared? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think this is the bigger version of it because they had the 240, which is the micro ATX, I believe, and then the yeah. 540, which was full-size ATX, and now this looks like it might be ATX, maybe. I, I guess. It's ATX with a lot more room around it. Yeah, ATX in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. ATX plus. Can we invent that form factor? Definitely roomy. Like thing. Well, yeah. someone probably already has. <laughs> and then And then there's the back. Yeah. You don't have to try to shove the back panel on with your cables and fold in the cables while you're screwing on the back. So I just I just wanted to point out that I'm pretty sure the door on the back of this case is not windowed. And yet, Sebastian, look at the attention to detail on the part of the system that's like. I, I mean, but I mean, look at all the space you have back there. That's not difficult to do. I know, I know. If you have space that much room, activities. yeah. Well, yeah. It is EATX. I don't know. It says it, it doesn't say it supports EATX motherboards. So, huh, well, mostly does, because your mounting holes would be on those grommets. Yeah, I don't see. I mean, <laughs> well, it could just go over. The board could just pass over that grommet, but I don't see screws. I, I don't yeah, see mount, like, many mounting yeah, spots for. Yeah. And you don't want to have it loose at the ends, but yeah, like I was just checking the uh, spec sheet, and it says it is cleared for. But, uh, all the way down to mini ITX and then up to ATX at 272. <laughs> Put a mini ITX in there. Oh, yeah, thing. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Put two of them in there. 
Uh, I mean, it looks like they wouldn't have to change much to do an extended yeah, ATX. But I, I mean, are there really EATX motherboards around anymore? Like, I mean, I don't really think that's much of a thing anymore. They're not. They're not. You as, have to re- have a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are having a hard time filling all their slots now with like things moving away from quad GPU and you know. Yeah. It's almost a challenge to fill up all forty lanes of uh, the higher end uh, X ninety nine stuff. Yeah. You know, I was I was talking to someone who was doing a build, actually just last night I think, and they bounced their build list off of me, and I was like, you probably don't need that uh, that CPU at the forty lanes. You could probably drop down and save a couple hundred bucks and get the what was it twenty eight lane version. Because you're just going to have like a GPU and, uh, you know, maybe an, an, a single NVMe SSD in there. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you're not going to, you're not going to use all those lanes. Like, so. Dude, I'm going to so totally get a sound card. Uh, yeah. Use up four of those Even lanes. if you did, like, yeah, that's, that's not going to be, no, I, that's, no sound card uses four lanes of PCI. And, <laughs> and an extra RAID card. And, yeah, and I'm going to get um, that 10G, 10 gigabit yeah. Ethernet. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to uh, soak it up. Soak it. Wow. Uh, be so connected for no particular reason. <laughs> yes. Have slots must can. fill. All right. It looks like uh, Ryan was able to finish that video that has been the, the bane of his existence for, for probably all throughout our move. So we're trying to do this move to the new office. And then MSI sent like, I don't know how many. It was like at least 10, I think. At least 10 laptops. Like, hey, we want you to look at some laptops of our line. And he's like, how many laptops are in the line? And it's like, you know, 40-something or some really high number. And uh, so he tested a sampling of them, which was reduced to more than 10. But basically, he went through a whole bunch of them, uh, laid out the specs. And it's kind of just like a, you know, he put a lot of time into it. And hopefully the end result is anybody. Uh, there were nine. Oh, it was nine? Not okay. even 10. Um. Hopefully the end result is that, uh, you know, anybody that's looking to possibly purchase one of these uh, can just kind of walk through that relatively brief video and just get a good idea of what which models mean and what features are in which ones and kind of help you narrow down the list, the very large list of uh, models of those new laptops uh, down to, you know, just the one that would be right for you, hopefully. Yeah, I I got some hands-on time with most of these laptops because I was helping Ryan out do, doing some benchmarking on them. Uh, and they're all really nice. Yeah. It's it's kind of a question of what form factor do you want? Do you want a thinner or lighter? Do you want a kind of a beefy thing with large battery? Where's that? Is that the is that the mother of all ones over there? Is that the, uh, the beast? These uh, things go from like 1500 bucks all the way up to like five grand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's one with like 1080s and SLI. Yeah, of which course. Is a little bit much for a laptop. And they're not even they're not even mobile version. No, right? no. There's no they're mobile just, 1080. Yeah, there is no mobile 1080. So it's just like full blown 1080s SLI in a laptop with a mechanical keyboard. Yeah, obviously. It, it comes with a dolly and a generator. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, we have we still have uh, like Tavoxies up and send them back, and like there's just a random smattering of power bricks. They're on these laptops all over the floor. And they're all like the one for that beast of a beast of a model is almost like desktop PSU sized. Yeah, I mean, like the amount of volume taken. You know, I think we've seen uh, 
I think we've seen um, larger power supplies or just sl- the same size power supplies in those uh, smaller case builds, <laughs> right? Where what is that? Damn, I can't remember the name of that power supply. SFX. Yeah, the SFX stuff. Yeah, it's probably about the volume of an SFX power <laughs> supply. I mean, it, if you think about it and think about the wattage that dual yeah, yeah, I mean, SLIs it, it, has it, to yep. pull. Yeah, it needs to do it. It's basically <laughs> doing the same job. It just does it in uh, in a flat. And I don't even think it's an actively cooled brick. Yeah, I was going to say, don't leave that on a carpet or wood that's going to discolor. Don't leave that on your couch. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't leave it. <laughs> I wouldn't leave it anywhere thermally insulated on any side. Like, find yourself a nice tile floor for it to help dissipate the heat. Dump it in a bucket of water. Yeah. Water uh, yeah. cool. Keep it nice and cool. Uh, all right. So, uh, let's see. All right. Well, that's it for the week in review. Uh, I will transition over to Ryan's previously recorded ad spot brought to you by our sponsor, Casper. Hey, everybody. I'm Ryan Shrout, cutting in here to make sure we give credit where credit is due to our sponsor for this week's episode of the PC Perspective Podcast, Casper. That's right. We all know Casper. They are the uh, uh, online retailer of premium mattresses at a fraction of the cost. They revolutionized the mattress industry uh, by cutting out the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings on to you guys. Uh, And we have the ability to pass more savings on to you with coupon codes as well. So that's obviously important. Casper mattresses are uh, obsessively engineered. They combine uh, a couple of technologies, springy latex foam and supportive memory foam. So you get the best of both worlds there. Uh, Just the right amount of sink and bounce, as they like to say. It's a breathable design, helps you regulate your temperature through the night. I have a Casper mattress. I love it. Uh, I was sleeping on it just today after a red-eye flight, actually. Um, And the best part about it for me is these types of mattresses, uh, you don't notice when somebody else gets out of bed. If the dog gets up and walks off the bed to go downstairs, I don't have to worry about it because the springs are not not bouncing around and and jostling me on the other side of the mattress. Um, They understand the importance of truly trying out a mattress um, that you really spend like a third of your life on. And really, this is the important part here. You get a 100-day trial period with free delivery and painless returns. That's right. After 100 days, if you don't like the mattress, if you feel like it's not for you, you can send it back. I don't think that will be the case for you, but you have that flexibility and that option. That's pretty impressive. Uh, impressive. Casper mattresses are made in the USA. You get free shipping and returns in the US and Canada. And you can get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And those are actually really good prices already. But we can save an additional $50 if you go to casper.com slash PCPer and use offer code PCPer. That's casper.com slash PCPer. Use promo code PCPer. Terms and conditions do apply. And we thank Casper for their support of the PC Perspective podcast. Thanks, guys. Hey, we're back. It's magic. That was just, so fast. We just teleported like right to Ryan and back. Um, all right. News. Let's go through the news for the week. VR Mark. Hey, we've been toying around with that for like months now. Right? That's the thing you installed uh, like a few months back on the VR. I, the I, I, think, I think when I still technically worked here, it was the first preview. Yeah. Still. When they didn't yeah, have this any, is the official one you can yeah. buy. They didn't have any benchmarking built in, but you had that scene that you could look around in. Which was really cool. It's, it is really because cool. Because it had like just all of the assets from basically every version of 3D Mark. Ah, the orange room. In a room, and you could just 
like walk around the thing and like just look at the at all the models of everything and like literally since you're in VR you can like just really get up close and look at everything. Um pretty cool stuff. So uh VR Mark is available on Steam or directly from Future Mark. Uh basic version is free advanced edition. I guess the advanced edition is the one where you can like upload your results and yeah. do all sorts well, it of It also other... gives you the blue room for the super high end stuff. The blue room. If you don't room. pay you only get the orange room. Oh, okay. Uh, basic version free advanced edition, 20 bucks. 20 bucks isn't bad. Um, I mean, it is a benchmark though. How often are you going to use a benchmark? If well, if you're you, not us. I mean, yeah, if you're using it professionally, then you <laughs> should be paying the 20 bucks, you know, yeah. obviously. Well, um, it's still 25% off. So is this the blue room? The second picture here? Yeah. Okay. When do you get to the red uh, light district? Uh, I don't know. Um, That's the $50 version, Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's the VR version of Leisure Suit Larry, which we're um, still waiting for. Yes, can't soon can't come soon enough. Um, basic edition, advanced edition, uh, and then they have why is there just a bench in a room? Oh, well. all right, cool. Um, orange room, blue room, and uh, no other rooms. Experience yeah. mode. I'll have to try this thing out. Yeah, I, I imagine Ryan will probably want to get something done with this. Pretty soon, knowing what's coming up the pipeline with a bunch of VR stuff. Yep. So, I would stay tuned to see our results. Uh, yeah. We should have some pretty good stuff come up with that, actually. Uh, next up, Call of Duty has a big issue. What's the issue with Call of Duty? Where'd you buy it from? Uh, well, I- those are the people you're allowed to play with. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. I yeah. wish I was. It's available on the Microsoft Store and on Steam. But wait. And neither the two shall meet. But what? It's the same game. Uh, they're, I think they're Windows using Steamworks Store. on Steam. And, oh. Uh, in order to whatever do Whatever games Windows Live now is. Yeah, so Steam, on. it's just the matter of the platform as the thing that's doing the connecting of the... You know, what happened to like... Just Surf put, browser. What happened to put in the dang IP address? What happened to that? I mean, that hasn't been a thing in a long you're time. You're not allowed to do that. Hell, you're not allowed to host your own server anymore. You're, you're not allowed to do that. Actually, uh, it, it actually becomes really hard with modern games. That's why we play UT4K all the time, or UT2K4 all the time. My, uh, that is just the pinnacle of games anyways. So. Also now, true. now, granted, it's not a cutting-edge game, but that uh, what was it my pick from a couple of weeks ago, Factorio. I was shocked. There's like a server. You can download the server, and you can host your games that have multiplayer games. Well, that's because like, they no way. so indie they couldn't put the money this, into infrastructure. This game is on Steam now, though. Like it's well, you yeah, know. but yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I, I mean, me like GameSpy has come and gone. So like the days where you just had to enter in IPs has been a long time. I just, I just feel like th- this is going the wrong way, though. Like this whole. Call of Duty thing, you. I mean, we were getting to the point where you had games that were actually cross-platform multiplayer, and now mm-hmm. you can't even be on the same platform and well, multiplay. So, <laughs> with this. and Lord help you if you want to run a land that's actually physically a land. Yeah, that too. <laughs> not yeah, going to happen. That's not a thing. <sighs> so, I know Microsoft has done some crossplay between PC and Xbox stuff. Yeah, with their current initiative. Yeah, and. I don't know. It, it seems like it kind of might be 
Activision's fault here for not picking one of these platforms and going with it. Because I think you can run Steamworks on a Windows Store app. I'm not sure about that one, but you could run – you could do vice versa. You could not use Steamworks on Steam. You could use the Microsoft gaming stuff on Steam. It wouldn't surprise me if this was like one company or another trying to push them into their own whatever, Yeah, you know. If you want, uh, our you game- want to come out with your own kind of controller, ah, well, guess what? You can't play with us anymore. Yeah, and crap like that. Just yeah, back back room idiocy like that. <sighs> yep. All right. Well, just play Battlefield One. Is that is that good, Josh? As an aside, I've been wondering if I should buy yeah. Battlefield One or Titanfall Two. I've been hearing I, good things about both. Yeah, but it's uh, but I really like Battlefield. So yeah, I I enjoyed it. It's a little frenetic. But, you know, I'm getting older, and so I don't move as fast. But otherwise, it looks great. It it plays great on a wide variety of, of hardware specs. Um, it just runs well. There's lots of people playing. There's lots of options. I think it's better than BF4 in, in many ways. Yeah, and I bought BF4 and never particularly played it because it had yeah. all of those issues up front. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I think I bought it too, actually. But I spent so much time in BF3. Hmm. So. Yeah. And it's yeah. nice that you don't have, you know, computer aimed crap and getting killed 17 miles away and, <laughs> you know, yeah. jets flying overhead. Now it's just biplanes. And yeah, so it's it's a little bit easier on people than when you just jump into a BF4 game. For the first time, and you just keep dying. <laughs> you so, die as a building collapses on you for some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, a little nicer that way. Hmm. Yeah. So, short story: Don't buy Call of Duty. Buy Battlefield. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Problem solved. Johan would, uh, you know, appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, bet on the back and extra money. They're doing great work over there, especially mm-hmm. on the PC. Boy, they really are. The technology that they're doing in, in terms of software and engine building is really impressive. I mean, Battlefront looked great. May yeah. not have played great. Oh. <laughs> Boy, was that was pretty. a stunning, stunning looking looking title. And it's one and a half years old. So hmm. there you have it. All right, next up, Huawei uh, Mate 9 smartphone with Kirin 960 and dual lens Leica camera. Hmm. It's as if this dual lens thing is like starting to become a thing. Technically, Huawei did it before Apple. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> like, like most things, they hear the rumor and then they they do it beforehand. But uh, are they doing the the? Is it the same thing? as just two different zoom levels. It only has nine cores, though. So I mean, that kind of sucks. <laughs> only nine octa core and a coprocessor. Oh, it needs a coprocessor because the eight other cores wasn't enough? <laughs> Yo. <sighs> Francois would approve. Oh, my goodness. 4,000 milliamp hour battery. Yeah, because it's got freaking nine CPU cores. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, forget the size of the phone and having a large battery just because it's a big phone. It's got nine cores in it. Well, technically, we account the Mali and there's 10. <sighs> my goodness. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Works like two different zoom levels. Uh, well, unlike cool. a lenses, hey, you can't go oh, wrong. Yeah. Uh, 
keep it there for a second. Uh, we, yeah, I, don't know if, uh, I think yeah. I think Ryan took it with him. No, uh, Sebastian has this one. They sent it to him. Uh, oh, okay. The the way they do dual cameras on the Huawei stuff with the the system they developed with Leica is one sensor is full color and the other sensor is a monochromatic sensor. And they're both at the same zoom level. I believe so. Oh, because Leica's really into their monochromatic stuff. Yeah. Like they yeah. put a lot of energy into that. Well, I mean, you can get much more detail in the in the photo. Yeah. Um, even if you're meshing the color with another black and white shot, because the black and white shot will have higher effective resolution. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I know Sebastian's got this phone. He's probably had it. I think he got it late last week. So I would expect to see something from him. Some fun shots from that camera. Yeah, I'm sure he has many uh, awesome photos of his IKEA furniture. <laughs> <laughs> with that uh, next up um, DeepMind working on Starcraft 2 AI good lord nobody's going to beat that game is that what they're like legitimately is that what they're doing or oh they're training oh so as opposed to go where which was the first one they sort of screwed around with which makes sense because it's an incredibly complex game yeah. In this case, they're more. They're applying the fog of war to the CPU so it only knows what it can see, just like a player. But the problem is that you're not talking about the number of hundreds of clicks per second. You're talking about the hundreds of clicks per picosecond. Yeah. <laughs> like, just it'll, it'll, just mi- it'll just micro like mad. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like every single. Essentially simultaneous. Yeah. Every single asset will be running in a different direction at the same time. Like, screw the grouping of anybody or, you know, no. It'll, like, it'll need to DPS very slowly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. All right. Well, yeah, I mean. computerized voice in the background goes, more dots. Yeah. More dots. <laughs> yeah. More <laughs> it's just in the, in, this, in the voice of Watson instead. That's the AI Group we deserve. Four, six, and eight to the left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, should, they should ask. They should find that guy and ask to sample his voice. And actually make the make the deep mind have that. <laughs> you can't. The voice actors are still on strike. But and then you know, and then when he scab. and then when he gets beat by the human player, you know, he just like out of nowhere is like, "What the?" You know, and just like flips out, just like that guy. Minus fifty DKP. <laughs> well, it, that'll be the uh, second level of training the AI. Yes, yeah. is, is to get it to pursue. It'll actually and and for for full effect, it's actually like on Teamspeak. While you're, yeah, you know, while you're playing, it's just you know. If I could replace like the voice on the Echo with that guy, yeah, uh, well, I would do that in a heartbeat. I would, I would totally do that. That would, yeah. All right. Next All right. up, uh, people are, I guess, going back to Windows Seven. Hey, yep. Um, it's weird that the jump would be to seven because I kind of thought eight. Was all oh, right by now. The people who don't like ten certainly don't like eight. I guess so. Is the idea that like they're buying new machines? The new machines are coming with ten, so then they're rolling back to seven because that's what they had on their last machine. And well, the other thing is that net market share does the market as a whole. It's not just consumer, so they're also capturing the corporate. And yeah, guess what? The corporates are running still. Yeah, I can tell you what sure the whole. Sure, selling eight. I can tell you what the whole dang DOD is on. XP, uh, XP, still, XP. Isn't it? And so, well, yeah. Well, I don't know. Some of them were getting modern, and it was scary. But there were seven on some of the machines. It was just like, 
Oof. It probably snuck through. They didn't realize it because every even with a good with us, it will still sneak through every once in a while just because some has a admin privileges for some reason. I, I remember on the sub, uh, one of my captains, actually the one that I liked the best out of all the captains I ever worked for, uh, got me to sneak him like he wanted. It was oh, it wasn't seven. He wanted Vista. It was the one thing I didn't like about the guy. Was so that he was so long, no longer your favorite captain. He wanted, no, no, well, it was the it was the it was one flaw, <laughs> and he he. But it's like Captain S or something. The hell on the of a flaw. You just make it happen, right? Like you don't have a choice. So he's just like Captain God. Captain wants Vista. Him. Captain wants Vista on his computer. So somebody, somebody downloaded Captain off his meds again. Somebody <laughs> downloaded some Vista and stick it on his computer or something. And the whole like he needs that sweet, sweet Aeroglass solitaire. <laughs> Oh, the, re- yeah. the rest of the sub was on <laughs> NT4. Hell yeah. And, oh, and at least you can smack it with a hammer and get it to work again if it you was, need. Actually, <laughs> it was pretty much all NT4, even though like XP was out. Well, well yeah. Isn't, isn't essentially was, the Navy all, still running on NT4? No, no, no. They've, they've moved up to Windows 2000 on anything that was like, uh, you know. <laughs> anything that could? Yeah, 2000 was pretty good for that purpose. I ran like a 2000 server for like the longest time. Oh, I'm sure. Hey, that kind of saved Microsoft's butt. All right, so like, what's uh, so what's the take home about this this story? Is so like, is it just a rumor? It's like, is it, oh no, going to blow over? Is it like? Well, well, the interesting thing to look at is. Um, Kaby Lake and Zen support will not, they will not be officially supported on Windows 7. They won't be officially supported, but they'll run. Yes, but if you buy a nice new laptop with Kaby Lake in it and you yeah. try to run 7 on it, you will lose some All the, of the good nice power, management, power stuff. management stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, um, you know, but I mean. Desktop, that won't matter so much because, you know, you don't necessarily well, care about all that all the time. Here's but. the thing a person that is the kind of person that's going to want Windows 7 no matter what probably doesn't give a crap about some extra. You know, power management stuff. Well, the, there is another bit of magic you're missing out on, though. DX12. Yeah. Well, yeah, on a, on a laptop. But though. again, it's not at this point a critical app. No. Yeah. Give it two or three years when it's actually now starting to be rare to see something that does legacy DX10. Might get more of a push, but by then, Lord only knows what Microsoft will have pushed out. But I, I think they're starting to realize uh, yet again that, wow, changing the entire operating system around off of the whims of some very strange focus group participants doesn't seem to be doing good for our market share. My beef with 10 is that stupid, like, forced reboot stuff with the updates. Mm-hmm. Like, they really got that wrong. Like, if, you know, if I was running 10 on the storage test beds, I would have to be doing, like, um, n- not registry hacks, but, like, uh, What's that other control panel thing? MS config? Uh, policy? Yeah, the policy editor. I'd have yeah. to do like policy editor tweaks yep. just to make it so that if I actually didn't want it to just reboot, like that would suck. Imagine if I had a batch of, you know, I've been running batches continuously of SSDs for testing. Well, their answer to that is probably use enterprise, but... I'm, I need to that test consumer OS specifically. The GPE for Windows 10 doesn't work so well in enterprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of the stuff we were 
basing things off of just can't be friggin' done. Yeah, but it's not just that. There I mean, are other ways of doing it, but that means, okay, now we've got to start over from scratch. We've got to do parallel because not everyone's on the new systems. And, and so you're doubling my <laughs> workload? Yeah, that? of course. Thanks. Awesome. I, I really appreciate that. I mean, yeah. but Alan, if you think about someone who isn't testing computer hardware, they should have a computer and it should be up to date because when we let them not update their computers, we got Windows XP. And yeah. did you ever see any like your parents' Windows XP computer? No, I'm nope. with you. I'm with you. I just think How that it's... How do you browse when the web browser only has a quarter inch of the actual web browser and everything else is search bars? And, like, there's other examples, though. Like, I'm not sure if this is a bug, but, like, occasionally I'll just fire up Notepad and jot down some quick notes on something. And I've had that disappear on me on my PC at home. <laughs> yep. I came Simple back the next tab. morning, and, and it was like... And, and Windows has gotten better about, like, putting your Windows back after a reboot if it was, like, a update reboot or something. But it it's not going to get you back the unsaved notepad doc that you just put something in or other examples which i'm sure there are plenty of other software that just you know yeah. oh windows is rebooting i better just close screw the saving the guys yeah you know work. that four hour r batch that you were running see that shame yeah it's, uh, it's yeah yeah shame about that uh it's it's fun i hear about this at work all the time from people uh 3d printers yeah 3d printers <laughs> automatic reboot of your system that was driving your 3d printer and just oh well there went that print you know, half a spool of freaking filament. I, I mean, the answer to not getting stuck in the automatic reboot is to reboot when it asks you politely to. I, I get and it. And gracefully do it. I get it. Either that or just run server 2012 or two. Oh, yeah. Then you, then you have to give it a reason to reboot. Exactly. <laughs> like, it doesn't even want you to reboot. It don't want It's it. like, you better choose something. Choose wisely. <laughs> why? Why? Tell me why you're rebooting. All right. Uh, and bear in mind that I might hold a grudge. So if you reboot me, I may not come yeah. back. As Tell me spice. why, so I can rat you out in the system log for when someone else <laughs> looks for the reason that you rebooted. Like it actually does that. <sighs> All right. Enough of that. Ah, stupid Windows headaches. Yeah. Um, NES Classic PCB pictured online. Uh, so somebody got an NES Classic. Ripped it open. Looks like there wasn't much to rip open. <laughs> There's a lot of blank space on that board. Uh, so that's an original NES? No. The NES Classic is the small NES that they're putting out this holiday season. Oh, the new? Yeah. Oh, the yeah, one yeah, with yeah. like 50 preloaded games on it yeah. that has an HDMI connection. Actually, uh, that looks like it's more stuff than I would imagine would be in that thing, believe it or not. Based it's... on what I've seen from like some other equivalent kind of... Kind of it's things. a bloody cell phone yeah. that they didn't have to cramp in. Yeah, it's basically it's it's an ARM SOC. It's an all winner SOC. Oh. Yep, and RAM and flash. God, the first that's going to get so hacked. And then I what don't is, even care what protection they have. That thing is going to get so hacked. And then what's that guy in the oh, upper yeah. left? Uh, AXP two twenty three. That might be like HDMI. Oh yeah, it'd probably be like a video driver. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably. I, Probably a good guess. My initial thought is, if you look at that and you think about the NES Classic not having any expandability options, like you can't load your own ROMs onto it, and you think about putting a Raspberry Pi just right in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that will be hacked. That will be hacked to death. There's yeah. basically no way around that. Yeah. The uh, the, the one I like, uh, oh, AXP 223 is power delivery, as per Scott Michaud. Wow. Huh? Which makes sense. And actually, yeah, it's it looks like it's sitting in the middle of uh, 
you know, other power circuitry there. Now that I'm looking at it again, um, the one that I like the the one that I think was the the most awesome like hacking story was that C64 one. Yeah. The one, oh, uh, Jerry, the one yeah. Jerry Ellsworth yeah. like worked on, and uh, it was you know just Commodore sixty four like built into a joystick, which in itself yeah. is like amazing. But if you opened it up, it had all the solder pads and everything where you could add a port to connect it to the original hard drive or the floppy drive for the Commodore, and you can connect other joysticks <laughs> to it. So it was like legitimately a full blown Commodore sixty four with with all I O intact you just had to like add you know add the connectivity yourself but yeah. it was there on the pcb all you had to do is tap into it it's pretty badass yeah I, so there are like open source disclosures in the in the software of this because reviewers have had had these machines for a little bit yeah so, so they're disclosing that they're using open source software so they're probably using open source emulators yeah so mm-hmm. someone just needs to figure out how to place roms on the device yeah. whether it be through a random UART connection on that board and I mean there's right, there's like right, something's you, gonna happen if there. you look in the right place on the internet you can find every dang game for that platform yeah and then every other country's dang game for that platform <laughs> yep and then even unreleased versions of games <laughs> for that platform like betas and stuff like that uh and just stick them all on there <sighs> I love retro stuff <laughs> so awesome especially when you just fit it in a thing that you could just like you don't even need to tweak to use. Like if you could just package it all together like that. All right. Uh, next, back to Orwellian stuff. NVIDIA telemetry monitor found in task scheduler. Oh, this is for GFE. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But like, isn't it just... Story of the week. But isn't it just... It's getting the information about your system that it needs to recommend the stuff that you wanted GFE for, Right. Like, is that what it's doing? That that button that you push to say, make my game perfect for my system? Yeah. The, 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 like, it has to tell somebody what your games are so it can get the things back to make it perfect for your system, right? It'll also let them run sort of a, a Steam hardware survey in the background, too. Without the opt-in button, mind you, that's at the very beginning when you install the game or when you install the driver. But. That's part of the EULA, right? It is. Okay. Well, I mean, if it's... It's been for at least eight or ten months. This has probably actually been around for a while. It's just that no one noticed the process. Uh... And nobody, of course, read the, uh, you know, terms of software. What? The terms of endearment? No. We we know the pit of despair that is. (laughs) In fact, sometimes I'd rather read the EULA. Yes, uh, so it is still a dick move. Gamer Nexus, uh, oh, Gamer Nexus figured out how to use Wireshark. Yeah, more and, or less, um, and uh, captured captured some SSL traffic. Uh, yeah, they captured they captured some traffic. All right. Uh, did they did they even apply a filter? Well, I don't think it mattered. Oh, so like, that's second level Wireshark. Yeah, that's 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 expert. That's expert yeah. Wireshark. <laughs> no, that's just second level. That's not expert. Uh, um, yeah, it, it's annoying. It, it's something that's becoming very common for. Uh, I mean, this is online not... services like Facebook and that. Which, well, I mean, you got to understand you're you're putting your life online. So, guess what? You're 
putting your damn life online. Now that we're hitting the driver level, it's like, no, it's not I know we're doing it because everyone's used to it. But still, guys, like, put it out there. Put it in the front. Yeah, I mean, this isn't, off, off it, this isn't in the driver. It's just a GFE part. Yeah, it's the GFE part. I mean, we could see one day where you can't not install GFE in theory, and then it would be part of the driver. But, I mean, right now it's a completely optional application. Yeah, it is the default. Yeah, you have to uncheck. If the you box. just click through, you have yeah. to specifically uncheck GFE. Um, oh, just like you have to unclick uh, AMDs. Uh, true. Which I do because I honestly don't want to stream myself playing games to the interwebs. A no, lot of I mean do for whatever reason, but hey. So actually, like along those lines, AMD's thing does the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Most likely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. AMD has always technically used a third-party partner for that. It's been third-party software that they've kind of co-branded. Yeah. So I guess it's maybe a tiny bit different because AMD is probably not getting that information. Raptor is taking that information. And Which I'm, sure a- I'm sure AMD has access to that information if they wanted it. Yeah, probably. It's probably part of the deal with Raptor. Uh, all right. So yeah, if you don't like it, don't install it. Figure out your own gram graphical settings like we all did. <laughs> Red Alert 2 VR fan made, I guess, proof of concept using UE4. Wow. Oh, that's okay. That instantly looks awesome. Yeah. Also hard to play. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, you got the, you got like a tablet there with the stuff you want to do. Yeah, for building and stuff, but advance a little bit till he's got the units and you trying can to, still box and such. Yeah, trying to. Drive units well, around. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about StarCraft Micro. I don't really think you can do that so much with uh, the uh, Vive wands. Well, then again, Red Alert 2 wasn't so much Micro. True, but I mean, you know, there's a reason. But you can sort of look at it and then he'll look over uh, and boom, you can change your view. So the interface is really well thought out and this looks damn neat. But it I'm just does. thinking in the heat of battle, it's... It's going to be frustrating. Be wagging around like a madman. Yeah, but it does look it does look cool. It reminds me of the defense grid one, like basically same kind of concept. You know, it's a tabletop kind of thing. It's just so much cooler when you're just like looking at the whole landscape like that instead of panning around on it. Huh. Pretty neat. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What can't Unreal do? Uh. Not much, apparently. Does a lot of stuff. It's unreal, man. Yeah, totally unreal. All right, let me open up uh, the picks of the week since we have made it. Is it already time for picks of the week? It's already time for the picks of the week. Damn. Which are are being stubborn and not wanting to open in the way that I want them to open. But Ryan claims that he's uh, in the midst of joining the, administra- the new administration and will be your tech uh, guru for the next four years. Yeah, he's going to be the CTO of the USA. What could possibly go wrong? God help us all. <laughs> as long as they don't give him a raid. Yeah, I was going to say protect your raids. Be okay. There's going to be a raid on raids. He's okay. going to crash First the thing whole... we're going to do, we're going to super glue all the routers to the wall. Got it? <laughs> Switches. Plywood. Switches, switches. not routers. Yeah. We'll, we'll super glue the, the switches to plywood and then screw them into the wall. With hinges. It will be perfect. It's with hinges, though, 
so that you can pivot so that you can pivot it up to see the ports that were just facing downward. Has has he remounted that yet? Uh, or is it just lying uh, in there? I think it's just lying in there. I, I like how when we took it out of the old network closet that there were so many cables jammed into that cabinet that you, you could no longer yeah, you pull hinge it up anymore. on the hinges. Yeah. So it was just hanging down like it would be if it wasn't glued to some wood. Oh, I, I wonder I, if that's maybe why the whole hinged rack thing never caught on. <laughs> we could have actually removed the hinges at that point and it would have stayed in the same place. Yeah. Pretty sure. Anyway. All right, Jeremy. What do you got? So. Well, if you go to 3D Printer, NASA just put up a whole crap load of assets to GitHub. If Dude, you is want to that, build a model of that's the, the rover Hubble telescope. If, that's if that's want, the rover, man. That's Yeah, it's the rover. You want, you want to make a little scale model of the rover? You can do that. Oh. You want to use some of the tools like their grease gun, the ratchet wrench. Uh, there's a bunch of terrain. So like the first Apollo landing. You can print that out. Uh, the the asteroid they just landed on not too long ago. You can print that out. 3D models on GitHub. Or 3D models if you're more of a 3D yeah. designer yeah. for a game. Go to the uh, 3D printing folder. Go to the 3D printing folder. Yep. Where am I Second looking? One. Oh. In the directory listing there? Do you, can you... Uh, oh, there's the list. Yeah. All right. So, so yes, they, it's not full-size and motorized, but yeah. hey... You can this make it. Kind of, there's a lot of stuff there. You can scale it up. It's STL, right? Yeah. You can, uh, so, like, they specifically cleaned up a lot of these 3D models for 3D printing, which is what this folder is, because the models that they have of this stuff aren't optimized for desktop 3D printing at all. So they specifically made sure, like, Saturn V, you can. Yeah, I noticed, like, they. Stage one of the Saturn V. I noticed they made it so that the wheels snap in on yeah. this model. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of toyish, right? But if you're going for, but it's a damn neat toy, isn't it? I mean, I wonder if they have their uh, actual 3D models in the public domain of their. They things. do. I mean, they have to, right? That's true. Unless it's something that'd be an awesome 3D model to secret. just look at of yeah, like the I rover. Mean, all that stuff is available. Pull that thing up, open that thing up in Maya or something, and just like yeah, check it out, huh? Yeah, the uh, first folder, the 3D modeling one. Guess what, Maya. Oh, is go. it? Is it right there? Yeah. It's on the on the same GitHub. Yeah, yeah. You go back first one, and you should even be able to click into one of the models because GitHub has a 3D model viewer. All right, what was I looking for? Was it opportunity or curiosity? Which I mean, one? either one, right? Oh, which one was the newer one? Not the not the pair of them, but the newer one. I don't. I don't know. The bigger just, one. Just click one of them. The one we were just looking at. Uh, will it open? Yeah. If you if you click inside that folder. And then click on the uh, STL file there. On uh, the STL oh. files. There's, they're all STL I mean, files. Components, body. Because uh, GitHub uh, has a viewer for that built in, I know. So oh. you can drag around and look at it and stuff. Dude. I want the plutonium I think that's pretty damn cool. reactor. Oh, yeah, to you, slap on the back of my 3D model. You want the, <laughs> you want the RTG? The radiolytic thermal generator? Yes, I do. I'm sure that uh, that's going to put me on a list here. <laughs> it's okay. You're already on the list. All it does is all it does is warm stuff up. It doesn't go off. Yeah, but say plutonium. Well, 
Well, you want to cook a yeah. nice steak and make sure that it's irradiated. Actually, wait. <laughs> they're <laughs> warming it up and irradiating it at the same time. Actually, they're not plutonium. I don't think. It's uh, P2 something something. It's it's an isotope. Isn't but... it like uh, like americium or something like that? No, it's something hey, uh, that decays RTG a lot. RTG fissile missile. Material. Fissile. Oh. As opposed to the fissile missile. Sounds raunchy. He's looking it up. Which one is it? I'm looking. PU uh, 238. Really? Plutonium 238 is one of the other ones. Strontium 90. Okay. Polonium 210 and American. Americium. Americium, yeah. Yeah, but the, the common one is. What pronounced Americium? What? Huh? Americium. I'm making an aluminium joke. At least that's the way that the <laughs> Navy taught me to say it, because there was something on the submarine that was americium. Are we allowed to know that, or are you going to have to shoot us after this? You're all dead. The stream will self-destruct yeah. in 10 seconds. No, americium is uh, something... In the next 30 seconds. It's something you use... It takes a really long time to decay. It's really stable. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you, you use it in something that you want to test, uh, like... Neutron detectors with. So you put an americium thing in a long tube with a long like steel cable, and you open up this box and you like wheel the thing around, and it you know runs past the detectors, and then you can test and make sure that they actually work without trying to turn the reactor on to see if they work. <laughs> kind of helps to know if the power detectors work before you turn the reactor on. It's a fair thing. Yeah. Just just to let you know, it's kind of important. <laughs> Anyway, it beats waiting for the canary to go bald. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, cool. So I guess we'll have to fire up the 3D printer and print out like opportunity. Have it rolling around. <laughs> we can make it remote control. Be pretty sweet. Yeah, we should make a remote control and use like. Those better lipo like motors and stuff from like the newer RC cars and stuff like that that do like fifty miles an hour in like a one twentieth scale car. <laughs> we should Drop just make a camera a, to it. And we should just go. make a, curi- a little Curiosity rover that's like you know a tiny little thing like this big that goes like fifty miles an hour. And since it's the Curiosity rover, it could do that over rocks. Yeah, that's how that works. It would totally just do it because it's designed that way. Yeah, the speed has nothing to do with it. It could just you know those wheels will just absorb the rocks. Josh, me. What you got? Uh, other than a nasty rash, not much. No, don't talk about that. Oh, <clears throat> uh, this is on sale. It's uh, a nice thing. Which capacity is it's it? It's the Intel SSD six, five hundred twelve gig for one hundred sixty five bucks. Holy crap! Like Fifty bucks off. Yeah, it's nice. Fifty five. What's that come to per gig? Well, I mean, it's the same as the the what the eight fifty Evo on sale, essentially. Uh, so like less than thirty cents a gig now for that price, or yeah, it should be that. pretty cheap. Yeah, well, hell, it's the terabyte's only a twenty buck premium. Uh, mind you, yeah, three forty nine, three forty nine. Yeah, it's really not bad. That's not bad. Cool. Yeah. So it's on sale. It's only like two days left. 
before it goes back up 55 bucks in price. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, get it now. If you're watching tomorrow, get it quickly because it's going to go away soon. Oh, uh, yeah, it's SSD sale season. There, there, <laughs> there might be a reason that this particular <laughs> SSD or ones like it are going on fire sales. Hmm, I wonder why. We've already actually talked about the one that's coming. It might be coming, like, actually hitting the market soon. That would be 960 Evo. She'll be coming on the market when she comes. Yeah. That one's supposed to be pretty dang cheap, like, around this level. So, uh, That's good, though. Even if you don't buy that one, all the other ones are going to have to come down in price. So, Ten cents a gigabyte. Who would have thought we'd already had the NVMe stuff coming down so cheap? The ten cents a gig thing. It. <laughs> now it's you. Now you're doing. It. Are you filling in for Ryan? Yeah. With the ten cents Seven a gigabyte. Cents. My argument has been that ten cents a gigabyte is from ten cents to nineteen cents a gigabyte, and we've already hit that on sales. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. They've been some pretty limited sales. Prediction to get nineteen. Met. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> ten, ten cents per gigabyte class. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am in marketing, you know. <sighs> Yeah, actually, this uh, this holiday shopping season is probably going to be uh, dirt cheap NVMe stuff. Um, fun fact, I've been doing a lot more drives on the new thing, you know, the new test suite. Uh, turns out that when you're doing, like, normal stuff, just, like, random access, and you're launching stuff at relatively low Q-depth, uh, the NVMe stuff is not that much faster than the SATA stuff. Makes sense. Because at the end of the day, the flash still takes a certain amount of time to look stuff up, and the controller still takes a certain amount of time to look the other stuff up, you know, in its own tables. Just takes the, you know, the data transfer across the bus, sure, that's much quicker. But, you know, if you're not doing sequentials, uh, they're a lot more even than you might think. So there'll be more on that in the next review that we publish, which should have... More than 40 SSDs in the comparison chart now? What do you That's a large chart. It's a good thing you gave up on that SSD decoder ring. There is a, there is I an don't X even to, want to think what that would look like at there, this point. There's an X25MG2 on the test bed right now uh, to be added, uh, for its results to be added to the new suite. I'm basically just like every, you know, on my desk over there is like every sample that we have. <laughs> nice. Ever. And like I never good. get rid I'll of them. I'll start doing some endurance testing. I was actually pulling some of the SSDs. Petabytes to that. Like, like random SSDs were disappearing from the stack, and I had to like go reconfiscate them from the other machines around the office. And I was like, "Yeah, that game drive and the VR test bed. I need that for Saturday." Uh, did you go ahead and I imaged it? Find the uh, OCZ SSD. Uh, the OCZ SSD. Yeah, the OCZ SSD. The sixty-four gig SLC one. I think it's thirty-two, but yeah. We can't do 32 on the new test suite. Well, I can I can Alan. modify I can modify the suite and do it, but we can't do the full suite on it because it, it writes some files that are larger than <laughs> as it probably should. The file delete test does like a 60 or a 16 gig and a 32 gig file. Yeah. So that right there in the SSD is too full. So, but you know I de- uh, just tricking them to starting to write from the front again. That, that's a trim <laughs> test. So that SSD doesn't have trim, so we're fine. We can just skip that part. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the idea with the new stuff is to have just a humongous comparison chart like at the page sec- page before the second to the last page of the review because, you know, 
I got tired of only having like eight things in the comparison. So I'll still have a small handful in the comparison until we get to like second to the last page. And then it'll be like, so if you want the SSD decoder version of results, just look for your drive in this huge chart. And I'm sorting it by performance, not by name. So good luck finding your drive when there's that many in the chart. I haven't figured out a better way to. Good luck finding all the colors you're going to need. I'm not. It's just a chart. It's just like two double bars per item and just all the way down. It's turtles all the way down. It's SSDs all the way down. (laughs) 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 Anyway, uh, last pick. Uh, My pick. More nubbins. Looking around the office. More nubbins. Reminded me of this thing that I bought the other day. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) Um, You know know how you have like a bunch of wall wart stuff for... Your My UPS P- only has six ports. This is not good enough. Well, or or, <laughs> or it could be that, or like, but the, actually, I'm using one of them on my UPS, and that it's was the reason I bought them was because I wanted to get you know because I got that timer thing that splits off into two and reboots the router and the modem daily. Well, that thing doesn't have a cord. It's meant to plug right in. So I pl- pl- plug that into the back of the UPS. It blocks off like four plugs. So I was just like, okay. You know, between that and, like, other things that are just wall-wart things that plug directly into the power strip and cons- insist on consuming two or three spots, you just get one of these things, spreads everything out, and, uh, you know, then you plug the wall-wart stuff into that. And then I-, I will say that I think this qualifies as a power strip. So you might not technically, if you're a business, be able to plug one of these into a power strip. But a UPS... Fire code may vary. A UPS is not a power strip. Shouldn't and couldn't are two different things. Well, yeah. Do, um, do they sell them longer? I think so. They also sell them in different pa- numbers in a pack. Because uh, I could use about three of those, about three foot long, and braid the ends together for a reason. <laughs> Listen, you you don't... Now you got me thinking, like, Predator. You want to make Predator dreads? <laughs> No, do? it was going to be an instructive tool for some of my users. Oh, you want to make a flog? Cat of nine tails. Cat of nine, t- nine tails and beat people over the head with power outlets. Actually, you have to plug. No, all- it would just accidentally slip. But I an mean, HR would possibly frown if I did it on purpose. You, you need to glue a bunch of really heavy wall warts or MSI power supplies. Um, you know, into the end, into the ends of that thing to add some. That's, uh, that's more of a mace. That's true. All right. Uh, Ken, you got a pick? Never. You never have a pick. Have you ever had a pick? I, I think there's a couple out there. Might have had a pick? Yeah. It was probably a 3D printer. Probably not. I don't like those things. All right. Let's, Is it let's, a Mac product? Not since they dropped to one port. Oh. Or the future Mac product with no ports. The future. Not even a charging port. It's all wireless. It won't even be wireless. It'll have americium in it. (laughs) It'll be a lap warmer. It'll have Josh's... Put your coffee cup on it. It'll have Josh's RTG in it. (laughs) It'll be a coffee warmer. (laughs) And a lap warmer. And uh, And a sterilizer. And a vasectomy inducer. Exactly. (laughs) It's vasectomy without the surgery. Yeah. We wanted to put everything in our Mac. All right. Anyway, 
Let's wrap this thing up. PCPro.com slash podcast is where you will hopefully find this podcast recording tomorrow. If I can manage to edit it. I believe in you, Alan. Uh, you know. And um, Twitter.com slash Ryan Shrout if you want to bug the boss while he's out of town in a secret undisclosed location. Twitter.com slash PCPro is where the other stuff for the uh, related to the site goes. And uh, what do you guys you got? You got? Josh, you got anything coming up? I, I have another wheel review Sweet. and some CPU reviews is a video card review. Is the wheel more or less expensive than the last? Far, far less expensive. Far less expensive? Oh, yeah, because you, you were doing the Fanatic. 2K was a lot. Yeah. This is 179. No. Okay. Big difference. I actually had someone ask me about your wheel reviews because they were wondering which one to get. And they had no idea because we don't have like a leaderboard mm-hmm. for wheel reviews. And I, I basically just said like, you know, get like the G29 or something or the G27 yeah, if you can find they're it. They're on sale right now. I, I haven't touched one of the Logitech wheels yet. So maybe we can. The, we the only done the G920. I know that you guys have, have looked and done the video on the 29. So. Yeah, we, we did the 29. If you're using it on a PC, the G29, I think, is a better choice because it has more buttons. Yeah. But it's PlayStation only for console. I think yeah. that's right. Right. Yep. It has like yeah. it has like a knob meant for like brake bias and like a bunch of other stuff. To, uh, presumably for just the PlayStation specific, uh, you know, driving stuff that can take use of it. For some reason, the Xbox guys didn't want to have extra buttons on theirs or something, or maybe they're yeah. maybe they're just not engineered to like be able to handle that properly with their API for controllers. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. That the only thing I mean, they're they're good. Like you're not gonna get as much force as like your fanatic one, which mm-hmm. basically feels like a real car wheel connected to a real car. Eight Newton meters. Yeah. Force. Yeah. Anyway. Uh it's yeah. way more than a cherry MX. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. It takes an awful lot to get it to do that click. Anyway. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. Uh, I'm Alan Mamatano. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walbert. Bye. Bye and good night and good luck. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.